Hello, and welcome to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shantae, and Whole and Complete is all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. Thank you all for your patience with me this week. Some of you that follow me on social media know that I recently lost a dear friend, tragically and unexpectedly, and it has been a rough few days. One of the things about having platforms like this is that life just doesn't care. (laughs) (laughs) that you have a platform. Life doesn't care that you have an audience. Life doesn't care that you have to create content consistently because life is going to life. Okay. Life is going to be life. And so I had to take some time away to deal with life. And so I am back at the microphone and I am ready to dig into this series. And I know that you guys have been waiting a long time for it. So thank you all around for your patience. So today and for the next couple of weeks, we are going to be talking about dating and our guiding scripture for the dating series is James chapter one, verse five, which says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him because trust and believe before you wade into these dating waters, you definitely need wisdom. You need to be wise and discerning about how you navigate this process. So today we are going to be talking about origin stories, all about you and best life. So let's dig right into it. As we always do, we start with a definition to kind of set the framework for how we're going to be looking at this issue for the next few episodes. So the definition of dating that I am using for this series is spending time with someone for the purpose of exploring a romantic connection. I repeat, spending time with someone for the purpose of exploring a romantic connection. So there is a specific intent involved where you are dating someone. Now, granted, not everybody has those same intentions, but that is the one that we are going to be using for this framework in this series. Now, I have danced around this topic for a while. (laughs) The more and more I think about what it means to live a whole and complete life, the more I realize that it must encompass a full range of human experiences. And it also made me realize how much I had put this part of my life on hold. And I'm not talking like a few months, I'm talking a few years, like years. And we will get into pieces of my story on the next episode. But today's episode is all about you. Like Tupac say, it's all about you. Because in order for dating to be an experience that doesn't leave you sad and mad and bitter and bewildered, We have to start with a realistic interrogation of ourselves, of our motives, of our desires and our expectations. And I'm going to frame this series similarly to how I framed the series when we talked about our relationship with God. And that means that we are going to go back to attachment styles, right? I cannot tell you how much your attachment style factors into your dating choices and your mindset with regard to dating. If you are not familiar with attachment styles, I'm going to encourage you to pause this and go back to the Relationship with God series and listen to that first episode and you will get a full breakdown. But to briefly summarize, attachment styles refer to the way that you were parented as a child and the extent to which your parents met your needs. So when you are securely attached, this usually means that you had consistently nurturing and positive experiences with your caregivers. And as a result, you formed a secure attachment to them, believing that this is someone I can trust, this is someone I can count on, this is someone that will be there for me. When you have an insecure attachment, your experiences with your caregivers 
may have been inconsistent or unreliable or negative or neglectful or sometimes violent. And as a result of that, you developed insecure or anxious or fearful or avoidant attachments with your caregivers. And you might be thinking, okay, so what does that have to do with dating? Plenty, honey, plenty. Okay. (laughs) These childhood experiences will follow you right into adulthood. So when you are securely attached, you typically have an easier time trusting and feeling safe with others because think about it. What are one of the fundamental tenets of a healthy, loving relationship? It's trust, right? You can't have a solid, healthy, affirming relationship without trust. So when you have an insecure or fearful or anxious attachment style or avoidant attachment style, Your needs, your worries, your anxieties, your insecurities come right up to the surface in romantic relationships. In fact, the very nature of being in relationship or the potential of being in relationship, dating or otherwise, it's a trigger. It brings those things to surface because now those interactions are going to force you to confront all of those things that you dealt with with your caregivers. So you might grow up needing constant validation, questioning your worth and people pleasing. So when you start dating, you might be consumed with, does this person like me? Am I enough for him? Am I enough for her? If you have an an anxious attachment style, you might need constant reassurance that the person still likes you. So they've already told you that they think you're great, that you're the cat's pajamas, that you're the bee's knees. I know I'm old. Yes, cat's pajamas is a thing. Bee's knees is a thing, okay? But they tell you, they've told you that they like you and that they're interested in you. They like your vibe. They like what you're about. But if you have an anxious attachment style, you are not gonna feel okay or at peace until or unless you have like an official label or that they call you every day or every morning. And so when there are gaps, when there are inconsistencies, you start to worry like, oh my gosh, I didn't hear from this person today. Or, oh my gosh, I didn't get my grand rising queen. (laughs) I'm sorry. You know, those types of things, you know, will make you anxious. And so you might be like, okay, so what are we? What are we doing? Are we still together? Are we still okay? And you might be tempted to constantly ask, so what is this? Like, what is our relationship? Like, are we a couple now? Um, Have you given any more thought about us being an official couple? Like you're anxious, you're anxious for the security that you think being a quote unquote official couple brings. You're anxious for the security of what you think being child Instagram official or Facebook official means you're, you're anxious for that. If you have a fearful or an avoidant attachment style, everybody is guilty until proven innocent. (laughs) You know, you may have some trust issues, some abandonment issues, some key people in your life have let you down or neglected you in some way or dropped the ball. So you may show up very guarded. You know, even if you have instant chemistry with somebody, you might tend to question it. And this is also where insecurities might come to surface. And when you have insecurities, Usually those things come to surface because now you don't feel safe and now you are primarily consumed with how is it that I can feel safe in my interactions with this person. And when you haven't dealt with those insecurities or recognized those securities or acknowledged those insecurities or learned to manage those insecurities in a healthy way, then typically what happens is you show up like the police trying to establish a perimeter, right? You start policing 
your partner's behavior and their whereabouts and you're monitoring how much time they can spend with their friends. Like, oh, you came home awfully late last night or like, oh, wow, y'all were out till three o'clock in the morning Mm, doing what? You know, or you're expressing discomfort about them being with members of the opposite sex. You know, you start scrolling through their social media and you're scrutinizing every little like and every little comment. Who is this? Who is that? Why they use this emoji? Why they use that emoji? And then you start trying to manipulate behaviors that you think are going to ensure their loyalty and their fidelity and your safety. So suffice it to say, if you are showing up with any of these behaviors, you should not be dating. I'm going to repeat that. If you are showing up with any of these behaviors, these toxic behaviors, because these are toxic behaviors, okay, and behavior can be changed. But everything that I just described, the dynamic that I just described, you need to to tap out. You need to sit this one out for a couple of rounds while some things get worked on. Okay, you should not be dating. And I'm not saying that people with insecure attachment can't ultimately have healthy, happy, positive dating experiences. But when you show up with zero awareness of these issues or zero desire or zero strategy to manage them, then what you're doing is setting yourself up for a stressful, fruitless, or toxic dating experience. Because think about it. If you start dating somebody who has those kinds of insecurities, so if you have those insecurities and you and you start dating somebody who has the same insecurities that you do, then guess what's going to happen to you? Your behavior, your whereabouts, your friend circle is going to be questioned. You're going to start being policed. And now what you have allowed is one another to build a prison for the other person out out of fear and anxiety that leaves both of you trapped and miserable in that relationship. So for these reasons, I believe truly that the first step in dating or preparing to date is to spend some quality time with yourself. Okay. This is where it's all about you. Question your motives. Things like, why do I want to be in a relationship? Why do you want to be in a relationship? There's nothing wrong with being in a relationship, but why? Start with why. What are you What are you aiming for? What are you hoping to get out of this? Okay, are you trying to manage negative emotions through a relationship? How do you think a relationship is going to enhance your life? And so think about your life in total. And do you see not having a relationship as a deficit? Like, oh, something is missing. Or do you see a relationship as a compliment, something that adds to what already exists or enhances in some way what already exists? What are you looking to get from your partner? What are you willing to give to your partner? And this is important. We're going to get into this in the next episode because, baby, there is a lot of rhetoric on social media right now about these kind of transactional relationships So transactional meaning, what are you bringing to the table? And a lot of people, a lot of people, there's like a growing movement, right? Of people that are looking for not so much relationship, but sponsorship. And by sponsorship, it's like, oh, if he's not willing to pay for my nails to be done. Oh, if he's not willing to pay for this $700 sew-in. Oh, if he's not willing to pay this car note, then, you know, he ain't the one or he ain't about this or he ain't about that. And I'm just like, hmm, that's, that's opening up a Pandora's box of issues that I don't think people fully realize (laughs) the consequences of, but we'll get into that in, in the next episode. But 
I, I say this going back to the questions that need to be asked, like, what are you willing to give to your partner? What are you trying to get from your partner? How do you manage loneliness? Okay. Do you self-manage meaning like, you know, I'm okay by myself. I have things that I can do and, and ways that I'm able to, in a healthy fashion, navigate those feelings of wanting companionship. Or do you reach for people to help manage your anxiety or sadness about being alone? And I want to clarify this. Okay. So when I say, do you reach for people? Because this is where those, you know, Hey, big head texts be coming from, you know, out of nowhere. And those texts don't just come from men. Okay. Women send those types of texts too. managing loneliness. The time in between the relationship is a critical part of being ready to date because when you don't know how to self-manage, it can create a dynamic where you're pursuing people that you don't even want just so you don't have to be bored or alone or alone with your thoughts or be on the sidelines while other people are booed up or in relationships. I'm going to repeat that. Managing loneliness, the time in between relationships is a critical part of being ready to date because when you don't know how to self-manage, it can create a dynamic where you are pursuing people that you don't even want just so you don't have to be bored just so you don't have to be alone or alone with your thoughts or be on the sidelines while other people are booed up or in relationships. And I say this, I'm so glad that this uh, episode is going to air in the run up to Valentine's day. Don't just be reaching for people and don't be talking about Valentine's day. It's an N as in Nancy, not an M as in Mary, because Ooh, the English teacher in me gets really triggered about that, but I digress. It can also create this dynamic where you are using people for recreational purposes. Now, this is different than spending time with people because you miss them or you have a genuine connection or relationship. You haven't seen each other in a while and you want to catch up. Motives matter. I cannot stress this enough. Motives matter because you can be doing the right things for the wrong reasons. There is a difference in spending time with a friend as a means to deepen and strengthen the connection that you have versus using a friend to keep you occupied until someone better comes along. Along those same lines, dating motives matter too. I am a big believer in sowing and reaping. Some of you call it karma. And I like to keep my karmic debt low. Okay, I don't like to run up charges on that card. I don't ever want to be used for somebody's recreation. I'm not anybody's quote unquote something to do. I'm not just something to do. I'm not something to do when you're bored or when you're lonely or you don't have any better options. So for that reason, I choose not to engage people in that way because I don't want to reap that karmic debt. So when you're interrogating your motives, your dating motives, ask yourself things like, do I believe that I am beautiful or pretty or handsome without external validation? Meaning, do I believe that I am a beautiful person outside of somebody telling me that I am outside of being in a relationship or having a partner or somebody on my arm as evidence, quote unquote, that I'm worthy, that I'm pretty, okay, that that I'm enough, that I'm attractive. Do I believe that I'm worthy and valuable without external val validation? So do you believe that you are worthy? Do you believe that you are valuable if you don't have somebody on your arm? Ask yourself things like, do I have hobbies and interests that fulfill me outside of a relationship? So what am I doing for fun? What are my joy hobbies? What are things that I do for myself, by myself, or I might be doing it with a group of people, but it's just for me. It just because it fills my cup. Do you paint? Do you dance? Do you take pictures? What do you do to fill your cup? 
Do you have goals and ambitions that you refuse to put on hold if you got into a relationship? Or would you drop everything to accommodate or keep or please the other person? This is so key. This is so key. I cannot tell you how many people I have seen that have been on the trajectory upward, that they had goals in mind, visions, things that they wanted to do, create, produce in the world, and then got involved with a romantic partner. And all of a sudden that just stopped. That just came to a halt. And it became all about what we wanted to do or what he wanted to do or what she wanted to do or, well, he wouldn't like that or, well, she wouldn't like that or, well, you know, that was that that may have been something I wanted, you know, last year, but you know, it's fine. It's like, hmm, okay, that's interesting. Okay, because I have strong opinions about that. You know, if you are on your way somewhere, you have a calling on your life and things that you're supposed to be doing and, and creating in the world. I think that a healthy partnership will complement that and support that not stop and truncate that. But I digress. Asking yourself things like, what are my boundaries and what are my non-negotiables? And so when I'm saying you need to be spending some time with you, you need to be spending some time with you because these are questions that the other person cannot answer for you. This is, this is one of those situations where you have to do your own work, which brings us to best life. So for the past couple of years, I have really been on a journey of self-love. I really have y'all though dating was not really in the forefront of my mind, I certainly could not expect anybody to love me any more than I loved myself. So I started to really ask and and think about how are you loving yourself? Because I firmly believe that we teach people how to treat us. And so I became laser focused on how I was treating myself. How was I treating my body? How was I nurturing my mind? How did I show compassion to myself? What are the types of things that I did for fun? What kinds of people did I surround myself with on a consistent basis? And since the pandemic started, so the pandemic has been a double-edged sword, right? So it's kind of like been like a blessing and a curse. So in some ways it has allowed things to grow and, and flourish. And in other ways it's been a real pain in the butt. But since the pandemic started, I have really done an overhaul on my health. I've been with my current therapist for about three years now And starting with that inner work, doing those inner interrogations, asking all those questions, learning about my triggers, my insecurities, and healing from those things that happened in childhood is what gave me the fuel to focus on my external health. So as the young people say, I started to quote unquote, vibrate on a higher frequency, because there was no place in my life for wallowing and misery and woe is me and sadness. Like I just didn't have time for that. I didn't have room for that. Like that, that just didn't have any place in my life. You know, I didn't have room in my life to be on the phone with somebody crying the tears or crying the blues or stuck in this pit of misery because I'm a doer. Okay. (laughs) As the Bible said, don't be hearers of the words, be doers. Also I'm a doer. So I'm like, what am I going to do about this? And so, you know, I lost weight. I became a dancer. I continued to travel the world. I launched a second podcast. I grew my audience. I excelled in my career. I created more revenue. I hired a trainer. I changed my diet. I grew my tribe of female friends. I literally started living my best life. And the only thing that wasn't active in my life was romantic partnership. But in hindsight, I would not have wanted a man to find me where I was two years ago. I was living a good life, but I wasn't living my best life. 
I wasn't being intentional about it. I would not have wanted a man to find and date that version of Shantae, Shantae from two years ago. I wanted him to find this version, okay, of me vibrating on this frequency, fully cognizant of who I am, what I'm worth, what I value, what I want, and where I'm going. This is the kind of energy that I want him to encounter. And I say all this to say, it is really worth spending some time thinking about which version of you this person or these persons will be dating. Will it be an anxious version of you? Will it be a needy version of you? Will it be an insecure version of you? Will it be an unhealed version of you? A version with trust issues, a version with abandonment issues, a version with attachment issues, a version that struggles to set appropriate and healthy boundaries, a version that struggles to be vulnerable, a version of you that is a people pleaser. Like what version of you is this person going to be dating? And is that the version that you want to start planting the seeds and and laying the foundation for building a relationship with like is that the version that you really want to start with because here's what can happen you can start with that version and maybe in the course of the relationship you start to get well right you start to get healed you start to see things a certain way and then you start looking at the person that you're dating like oh I don't want this person this is not what a healthy healed version of me wants this is not who a healthy version of of me would be dating and now I'm stuck or now we've been in this six months or now we've been in this for two years or now we got a child together and it's hard to get out of so it's it really is worth spending some time thinking about what version of you is going to be laying the foundation for potentially any sort of relationship and you know there's a lot of rhetoric out there in the world that says things like you know love is hard and relationships are hard And I don't fully agree with that. Is it hard when you are emotionally drained, empty and broken? Yeah. Is it hard when you haven't forgiven and healed from the past hurt? Yeah. Is it hard when you expect the other person to validate your existence and prove their love and loyalty? Yeah. That's not dating. That's not even a relationship. That's a job. And the pay is crappy. So before you even think about jumping into the dating pool, spend some time with yourself so that you can be intentional about how you wade in these waters. If your goal is to ultimately be in a healthy, loving partnership, then do the work so that you don't find yourself with entanglements and situationships. On our next episode, we are going to get into the dating pool itself. And I can tell you right now, there is pee in the dating pool. The grass is not always greener on the other side, but we will get into all that next week. But for those of you who came to this podcast or maybe to this series thinking that I was going to give you the chapter and verse, here's how to find your perfect soulmate. Here's how to, you know, secure the man and the bag, you know, in three easy steps. I, I I hate to disappoint you, but this ain't that because I'm taking a whole and complete approach to this, right? And you cannot have a whole and complete approach to dating or navigating relationships without starting with Y-O-U, okay? So a lot of times we tend to think about what we want from the other person or what we feel like we deserve and all those types of things. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but I remember, I'll leave you with this. I remember attending a 
Film Festival in Miami some years ago. And I remember Boris Kojo being in one of the sessions that I was in. And there was a young lady talking about where are these men at? Because it's a whole bunch of, you know, she used some some choice words to describe, you know, the quality, the low quality of men that she had found and had had experiences with. And so Boris kind of took the microphone and he said, you know, the best advice that his mother had given him was to make a list of everything that he wanted in a woman. You know, it could be her height. It could be her beliefs about children. It could be, you know, her financial status. She was like, you know, make a list, you know, make a list of this ideal woman. Right. And a lot of people do that. They make a list of the ideal woman. I want them to be making this kind of money or drive this kind of car or want to live in this kind of neighborhood or to have these beliefs about God, you know, all those types of things. And so he did. So he made this list of this woman that he wanted to date. That would be his ideal woman. And then his mother was like, okay, now would that woman date you? And everybody was like, Ooh, and that's, you know, that's just the bottom line. It's like, regardless of what you want, that other person has wants too. that other person has their own wish list, you know, and how are you showing up in the world? It's not about, you know, am I doing the things to meet somebody's criteria and list, but are you showing up as the best possible version of yourself so that whomever you encounter, whenever you encounter them, who they are meeting is the best possible version of you and how that version shows up in a relationship and how that version of yourself kind of like navigates what can be the choppy waters of really establishing a groove and, and building love and all of that. That's the goal. Okay. That that's the whole and complete approach. And so it's like, what is the kind of work that I need to be doing not to quote unquote, prepare myself for a partner, but what is the kind of work I need to be doing just to show up as the best possible version of myself in the world? Because I'm not, I'm not about to hit you with the dear future husband. I'm not, I'm not in that crowd. (laughs) I'm not doing that. I care about who you are as a whole and complete person. And I'm telling you, things tend to be easier. Relationships tend to be easier to navigate when you show up to the party as a whole and complete person, instead of one who is broken and shackled and searching and wounded and unhealed and all of those things, because that is when love is hard, quote unquote, that is when relationships are hard when you show up as that version of yourself. So I will put a pin there. If you have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante says, on Twitter, on Instagram, you can still register for the whole and complete retreat. I realize that I haven't said anything about it in a couple of weeks, but like I said, just it's been a rough season. It really truly has. And so hopefully there's light at the end of the tunnel. I'm starting to emerge from a series of unfortunate events and getting back on track. And I will see you all next time.